the Cairo Radio Newsroom in Seattle. I'm Dave Ross, and these are the Ross Files. The controversy all last week was about member of Congress Ilhan Omar of Minnesota, and it turns out that she is planning a visit to Israel. As to how that might go, I thought we would consult with our longtime correspondent from the media line in Jerusalem, Michael Friedson. So, Michael, first of all, before we talk about her her visit, how how is this uh, whole dust up between this uh, this squad of four congresswomen and the president? How does it play over there, or do they care? Oh, they care a lot. This is part of the BDS revelations, and and I should explain that BDS stands for. Boycott, disinvest, and sanction. These are people who think that uh, Israel is should be punished for its treatment of the Palestinians. What they decided a few years ago, a small group of people in Ramallah decided that they would use the South African paradigm. Uh, nothing played better in spreading the idea of, of human rights violations than South Africa. And the, the use of the word apartheid was one of the few epithets that was finding its mark and really stinging Israel. And they started putting serious pressure on social groups, professional groups, uh, academics, the arts, anybody who was going to come to Israel for a conference, either to take part in somebody else's or create their own, was uh, under heavy pressure not to do it. And that included American rock stars, international rock stars, just, just the like. And it's actually become almost a, a game of sorts with the numbers keeping. When somebody will cancel, the BDS people will scream, hey, we won, we won, big, big, big score, big score. And when uh, someone defies the boycotters and comes to Israel to perform, the, the pro-Israeli side will say, see, there's no such thing as successful BDS. We get them as we can. But it seeps over now into the political realm because uh, when the ladies involved were elected to Congress, they wasted no time in doing some pretty pretty sharp-tongued trashing of the state of Israel. And it certainly uh, created a lot of interest, both positive and negative, certainly a ton of coverage. And it became almost a, a, a major subplot. Oh, it has become a major subplot to the entire Israeli-Palestinian conflict. And the worst thing for the Israelis, although not all of them are yet lamenting it, but will, is that they have again been pulled into the specter of American domestic politics. That was always Israel's nightmare situation. They always wanted their support to be bipartisan to the T, and that started uh, falling apart, I guess would be the most accurate way to talk about it. It fell apart during the previous administration, primarily during the course of the Iranian debate, the Iranian nuclear program. But whatever, the the elections that produced four young ladies who were openly and unabashedly willing to, to cross the lines that had always been drawn in the sand before, say things that it was not socially prudent or politically prudent to mostly about the state of Israel, of course, and uh, they started doing it and doing it with a vengeance. Those who opposed their ideas wanted to bring them to Israel, believing that the best seller of Israel, the best salesperson, the best way to show what Israel is about in a positive light is to experience it, to come to Israel, see it, experience it, and learn that way. Uh, At the same time, 
those who agreed with them politically thought it would be great to have them do something that's a rarity for American politicians to actually come to Israel, but not be there under the auspices of a pro-Israel group of any sort. So it became a tug of war for the affections and for the bodies, if you will, of those who are willing to come and actually visit Israel. Enter into that one of the pieces of legislation that was very controversial about a year ago, and it was supported by Prime Minister Netanyahu, wherein the Prime Minister and the government were given the ability to keep people out of Israel if they openly participated in support of the BDS movement. And that's kind of a stretch, but that's the way the law reads. And it has been applied in a couple of situations, and it's withstood the checks and balances of the Israeli legal system. So when it was announced that the congresswoman was going to come to Israel, all eyes turned to Netanyahu to say, okay, guy, what are you going to do now? You, know, you got your law. Your law was passed. You have the, the legal right to say to the world, I'm not letting her in. And the world will say, why? Because you don't agree with her or worse. And he was put on the hotspot. Would he or would he not permit them to come in? It's not 100% clear what course he's taken, although the leaks that are coming from the uh, Netanyahu arena are that he is going to allow them to come in, to come and be in different venues that might, in effect, color their already colored view of the state of Israel or work the other way. So you have uh, Ilhan Omar, who is uh, openly a supporter of the BDS, the Boycott, Disinvest, and Sanction movement, and uh, asking to come to Israel. I'm sure if Netanyahu said, no, you can't come, that would uh, prompt her to question whether Israel has a a commitment to free speech. So um, it seems to me he would have to let her come. But then at that point, um, I mean, for example, when we visited you many years ago now, uh, nobody told us where to go. We were able to go anywhere un- unless it was to cross into the Palestinian uh, territories, in which case you have to get permission from the uh, Israeli government, get through the border. Uh, she has said she wants to, if she's going to go, she wants to be able to visit the Palestinian areas. Would she be allowed to do that? Well, she has immunities that you didn't have, and she's uh, pretty much able to get away with whatever she wants to do. Once she sets foot here, once they allow her in, she really will be able to do almost anything they want. Um, I would just color that by saying they also, being the uh, force with the military between them and the place they want to get to, they could theoretically decide to stop them. But then it comes back to the same question that no doubt Netanyahu has been toying with uh, for the last week or so, and that's which is going to be worse letting her have her speaking podium in different places in the West Bank or weathering the international presumed condemnation for keeping her out completely, which would, of course, as you said, would be read as a muzzling and an anti-free speech. Mm -hmm. If she were to go to the West Bank, uh, what would she see? She'd probably see a hero's welcome. She probably would actually see very little because she'd be in the middle of crowds and behind closed doors speaking to leaders. But she would be, I don't think she'd be getting too many surprises. I think she'd be kept in a cocoon. Uh, One of the propensities of the Israel situation is that regardless of which side of the aisle you come down on, if you're celebrated elsewhere and you come and visit here, um, you have very little personal time, if any, 
anything you do is orchestrated. Anybody you meet with, uh, even to the point where it will appear that uh, dinners or uh, social events are orchestrated in order to introduce the, the visiting party to the people. That's all by selection, 100% with no wiggle room for accidental arrivals or, or participants who are not hand-selected. No matter what happens, the one thing we know for sure, it will be a public relations festival. Now, how that will come down, that can be argued both ways. But um, Israel has typically not shown a, a lot of prowess in handling these sensitive issues. There is a wall separating uh, Jewish and Palestinian areas. Uh, what if she were to stand by that wall and say something to the effect of, Mr. Netanyahu, tear down this wall? I wouldn't expect anything less. I'm sure that's on the itinerary. It'll either be stated and staged as a major speech, a major event, or it will be one of those amazing coincidences that her car will stall in traffic next to the wall and she'll get out and utter a, a great epithet of such Mm -hmm. I, I would be amazed if that is not on the docket, and I'd be amazed if, if that's not one of the motivating forces behind the BDS people to get her over there. Now, is this all considered anti-Semitic, or is it a legitimate criticism of the the policy of a government that uh, a lot of people consider oppressive? The answer in typical uh, Middle Eastern terminology is yes, no. <laughs> um, there are many people who consider this just an issue of free speech. There are many who say free speech ends with the obligation, moral or otherwise, to be accurate in your criticism. And they note that there's a lot of things that have been said that uh, are just downright deceitful. So at the end of the day, you, you decide which side you come down on and you're right. And for the other side, you're wrong. Okay, let me let me outline what I would consider to be the uh, the ideal scenario from the point of view of somebody who wants to settle this and, and learn something. Suppose she goes over, she doesn't do any stunting, she doesn't say, uh, Mr. Netanyahu, tear down this wall, but she says, I would sincerely like to see what life is like on the Palestinian side. And so they say, okay, great, uh, visit and um, take a look for yourself. She, of course, is going to see a, a completely different standard of living when she crosses those lines. So what is it that she needs to know about that, that you feel she doesn't appreciate at this time? Well, I can tell you from personal experience, because one of the things that we do with the media line is we do host many visitors from different affinities that want to visit the area and believe it would be disingenuous to leave without having interface with all parties in the conflict. So because we're American and we're journalistic and we have the ability to go places that uh, Israeli citizens can't and Israeli journalists can't. We actually take groups of, of visiting. Uh, we've taken academics. We've taken a lot of professors, administrators of colleges, uh, politicians, and we bring them into the, the West Bank and we bring them into Ramallah and we typically set up a day where they can interface with the people who are in the professions that they share or people that have the the expertise in the areas that they're seeking to learn about. And we keep our hands off. We don't involve ourselves in any part of the discussion. We just do the setting up of it. So I'm, I'm like the, uh, the fly on the wall that, that gets to see people before they come in, while they're there, and when, when they're leaving. And um, I think what I've seen most 
from people who come in with whatever preconceived notions the American headlines tend to create for us. Number one, the well-developed system of education in the, in the West Bank and the Palestinian areas under the Palestinian Authority, that's very significant. Um, yes, the, a lot of areas look pretty raunchy compared to Israeli areas, but these, Israel has its own as well, as does every country. Uh, part of it is what you want to see and what you select to see. For instance, when we go into Ramallah, uh, the Masayun area of Ramallah is spotted with gorgeous new buildings that are uh, seats of different ministries of the government, none of which are paid for by the Palestinians. They're gifted to them by countries that want to do something in the donor capacity from Japan to Norway to the United States. They're, they're all represented there. Um, it's very hard in a day or even two days to see everything. But another thing that you would notice is that Ramallah, for instance, is not typical of other cities in the Palestinian areas. Uh, go to some of the others and, and they're noticeably uh, run down compared to Ramallah, which Ramallah, of course, is because it's the effective seat of government. It's, uh, they put a lot of money into it and they put a lot of effort into making it look like a world capital. But uh, to interface with people who are not set up for the job. That to me is the key to, to everything. We were once introduced, uh, there was a, a contingent of Indian reporters, not American Indians, uh, for India Indians. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were introduced to them at breakfast and the host said, uh, this was news to us until we heard it, but he said, uh, the reason we asked these people to come and, and brief you is because we felt you wanted to speak to at least somebody who's not on the payroll. So is, is there any possible positive outcome for a visit like this from your point of view? Uh, unlikely that there would be. In order for – there could be – you threw, again, another one of these Mideast questions at me. But, okay, here we go. Um, it, it could be if everybody would grow up. It could be if the true purpose of the congresswoman's mission was to learn – not as part of a predetermined political agenda, uh, in other words, not coming simply to trash Israel, but if she's indeed coming to learn and, 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 and take back things, as you described, that are not well-known, things that can add to the conversation, to the debate. It doesn't have to be rosy. It doesn't have to be all goodness and virtue. It can be serious stuff and serious issues to talk about. But if, if that's her purpose in coming and if she meets with some of the American military attaches, uh, security and, and intelligence attaches, people that can shine that kind of information for her, then, yes, something good can come of it. And it would also require that on the Israeli side, uh, some serious people have the opportunity to show her around. They have a, a, a narrative to tell, too. And it's a, it's a striking one. And you don't have to sacrifice the Palestinian narrative in order to speak to the Israeli narrative. We do it every day, and it's called journalism. Mm -hmm. And suppose she comes back and she says, uh, look at the pictures of my trip. You can see on the Israeli side a place that is prosperous, that looks like any American city from a distance anyway. Then on the Palestinian side, you see uh, a place that has been basically on an um, international welfare system. They educate people, but the conditions are nowhere near the same. They are being kept in a prison. I would like, as a representative of Congress, to uh, find a way so that everybody can live at a decent living standard. 
If she were to come out and say something like that, would that be uh, horribly controversial? Would that be uh, constructive? What would well, the reaction be? Given that she's already saying that about America, I would expect her to say it about Israel and, and Palestinian areas. So that would be okay, or would people be outraged for her to point this out? Because I, I assume... No, 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 no. First of all, people are expecting the worst. They're, they're expecting it to be very hostile, very aggressive. Yeah. If she comes over there and, and can impart a sense of seriousness and a sense of, I'm really here, hey guys, you know, put, the, put your placards down, I'm really here to learn. If she's really true to that, then uh, you know, Israel's been doing this as long as the Palestinians have been doing this. It's uh, they, they have their axe honed to a T and, and give them a chance to see which ones fly and which ones don't. Michael Friedson, who runs the media line in Jerusalem. Michael, thank you very much. Always a pleasure, sir. Thanks for having me. Remember that when there's a longer version of the interviews on Seattle's Morning News, you can usually find it right here in the original form unconstrained by the limitations of a live broadcast. And you can subscribe so that when someone says, did you hear what was on Seattle's Morning News, you can say, not only that, I heard the part that wasn't on Seattle's Morning News. So my advice is to subscribe. And then when we talk to an author, a politician, an entrepreneur, an artist, a scientist, a teacher, a journalist, a celebrity, you'll hear every word. I'm Dave Ross. Thanks for tuning in.